This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And we have a very abbreviated show today. We're only here until 9 o'clock because, as Jessica just told you, Green Bay game day coverage gets underway right at 9. But uh, we've got a busy show ahead. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. First of all, we just cleared up a pretty big tie-up, right? We're 794 and 43 uh, kind of all converge. Yes, a pretty big crash there early this morning, but everything looks clear now. So Yeah, which is just a warning. It rained overnight. It's still raining out there. So if you are on the expressway, slow it down a little bit. Yeah. It, it's not going to hurt. I mean, you, you don't have to get there that soon. You can you wait don't. five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So um, have you ever had a problem in the house where there's something that got inside that you didn't want there. Are we talking insects? Anything. Rodents, anything. A, uh, anything get in the house that may be, you know, a mouse or or you know, some spiders or anything like that? Yeah, I'd say the most annoying is when there's mice in Ooh. the attic because Ooh. I have an attic directly and then behind you, my bed. And so you that's, can hear them go like yep. this in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, imagine living in Arizona in Mesa where a man said... I think I hear something, something in the garage. And it was just like this little rattle that he heard in the garage. And he went out and looked and he saw a snake. So out there, because they they do have a lot of snakes. They called the snake rattler or the rattlesnake removal person. And she came to the house and there wasn't one snake. There wasn't two snakes. There wasn't even five snakes. There were 20 snakes. 20? 25 adult rattlers, 15 baby rattlers. And she said, oh, look, there's a lot of snake skin which had been shed. And she estimated there had been at least 40 snakes in that garage. Goodness. Now, I, I didn't know this about rattlesnakes, but apparently they only stick around for about 10 days after they're born. So the the thought was that at least one of these snakes had had a lot of babies and they were right there at that 10 day mark. So there were still some there, but some had already left. But the other thing, remember I said there were five adult rattlesnakes? Okay, yeah. One of them was pregnant. Oh, no. <clears throat> Okay, that's going to keep me from moving to Arizona anytime in my I'll, life. I'll second that. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Florida. Uh, the alligators and the sharks, uh, you usually know they're there. They're not in the garage. And if they are, you'd notice it right away. But yeah, 20 rattlesnakes in the garage. Uh, as Jessica told you, it is uh, going to be a <laughs> kind of a rainy overcast day. And uh, so, but you know what? The game gets underway at noon, so it's a good one to stay inside, kind of go back and forth between the Brewers and the Packers, like my husband does and drives me crazy as he goes from one game to the other with the TV switcher. But yes, it's going to be that kind of day. You're not really going to get outside very much. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Also, Mark Cass is going to be with us this morning. He actually had the opportunity to sit down with all three hosts from Top Chef. 
Gail Simmons, oh my goodness. Kristen Kirsch, Tom Colicchio, and he's going to tell us what they really like. Uh, Matt Miller's got our entertainment news for us. Jessica, of course, is in the newsroom. We're going to hear a little bit about the Black and White Ball, which is a big event the Urban League sponsors every year. Isaac's here pushing those buttons, and in just two minutes, it's Dominic Catronio. And sports, it's a little wet out there this morning, uh, so you're going to want to take it slow if you are out there driving around, whether you're going to a football party or the or church or just going out to the store. We'll have a high today of 68 degrees. It is 63 at 813 on WTMJ. The Brewers in the heat of the NL Central race coming down to the wire in the eighth inning, all tied at five. A chance for a rally and a big moment for one of the newest members of the crew, Mark Canna. First offering to him and a drive out to left. This is high, deep, gone! Mark Canna, backflip engaged, a grand slam! And the Brewers lead it 9-5! Lane Grindle on the call here on WTMJ. Canna's second career grand slam busts the game open. The Brewers win 9-5. They claim the series over the Nationals and also move to six and a half games clear of the Cubs in the NL Central. Thanks to them falling to the Diamondbacks. The magic number is now sitting at eight. Mark Cannon now on his arrival to the crew and what's gone so well for him. It's a really, really great team dynamic. And it's something that's not, you know, you can't manufacture it. And I, I felt at the moment I walked in, it was like a, a breath of fresh air. And But this team just, it felt homey. And, and, you know, they welcomed me with open arms and everybody was really relaxed and just kind of letting it all hang out and playing baseball. And that was... Um, it was really fun. The finale of the series with the Nats is today. Coming up at 1.10, our coverage will begin at noon with Brewers warm-up. The Badgers back in action, and despite a slow start to the first half, got things going against Georgia Southern in the second half. They win 35-14 to over the Eagles. It was 7-7 at halftime, but then all of a sudden 28 points in the second half to help put this one to victory. Head coach Luke Fickle on the slow starts. I don't know that there's any one particular thing we can say. We, I stopped saying let's start fast, right? I mean, you know, 11 o'clock game, I, I'm not blaming that by any means, right? Everybody's got to play it. It's something that we'll talk about just like we talked about the turnovers. Next up, the Badgers begin Big Ten play on the road, taking on Purdue and West Lafayette. It's a Friday night kickoff at 6 o'clock on FS1. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. Well, that rain is still out there. If you look at the radar, it's sort of all over the area. If you're a little bit further north, a little bit further west, you may have already cleared up. But it's going to be sticking around for a good part of the day. We might have a little bit of sunshine as the day goes on, but we're only going to get up to about 68 degrees. I'll have your full forecast right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 817 and 63 degrees at WTMJ. Come to learn more. Well, it's pretty overcast out there this morning, uh, raining in a lot of the areas, but it looks like that's going to be going out more towards the lake and to the south as the day goes on, and we might get a little bit of sunshine, 68 for a high. Tonight's going to be a little bit chilly, 53. Tomorrow looks partly cloudy, a little bit warmer, 75 inland, about 70 near the lake. Then on Tuesday, the rain comes back uh, in the morning. We've got a cloudy conditions again in 73. By Wednesday, we're going to start warming up. It's going to be mostly sunny, breezy, and warm. 81 for a high. And then as we get to Thursday, it'll be mostly sunny with a high 
of 80 degrees. Currently, looks like there's a little bit of drizzle going on in Oak Creek at 59 degrees. Uh, same thing in Brookfield. You're at 58 with a little bit of rain. And Cedarburg, you're just cloudy with 58 for a temperature. At WTMJ, it is 64 degrees at 821. And it's time to check in with Mark Cass. He's on our Tri-County Contracting Outline. And let's find out what's going on at the Milwaukee Business Journal. Well, it's so great to have you here in studio with us this morning, Mark. It's the highlight of my week. There is no doubt I've been waiting for this all week. I love being in the studio. I love being in the food hall. You know that. Speaking of food, you had the chance. You met them. The three Top Chef hosts this past week, and that's what, Kristen Kish, Tom Colicchio, Gail Simmons... Are they everything I was hoping? Yeah, they are very nice. It was really good to talk to them, hear what they've been doing, hear about the show. But the thing that all three of them really kind of hit on was where they had been, where they were eating. And not surprisingly, it was Leon's, Cops, it was Hamburgers, but also had been to a number of high-end restaurants. I had been to Three Brothers, had been to Luby and Iris, had been to Birch, you know, had been to a number of places and were really enjoying Milwaukee, had been a little surprised at the quality of restaurants, but not really, because I mean, a number of them new chefs here in Milwaukee had some experience there. But the thing I heard over and over again from them was how welcoming it has been here. And a couple of them said they had been in, I think it was the show last year where they were in London. And he said to me, really, nobody cared that they were there. He said it was because it was just London. It was, you know, there's so many things going on. It was just not a big deal. He said, Milwaukee, everybody loves this. Everywhere they go, I mean, they're welcome. They get cheered. He said it's been a very, very welcoming environment. And they've also been really surprised at how much all of them love Milwaukee. They've come here. They had some expectations, but not much. But they love the lake and really love the people and they love the restaurant. So they're having fun. And I think it's great for the city because what they'll show on the show next year will be all these places in Milwaukee where they've been. They'll show the skyline. They'll show the history of Milwaukee. They'll talk about the food. They told me they'll talk about the history of food here. It's just really a cool way for the nation to see our city. Oh, it's such a fabulous show. You know I'm a huge uh, you are, fan. And I, okay. And I've learned a lot because everyone in my house is a huge fan. So, How long are they going to be in town? Do you know? Through the end of September. So, oh, okay. So really, another really, week or two, you might be able to run into them somewhere. You never know. You know, if I were you, I'd hang out at Leon's, hang out at Cops. It's just a good excuse, right? I know they were over at Zafiro's and had pizza there one night. It's it my husband's like, favorite, and oh, unfortunately, love, we weren't there that night. I love pizza from Zafiro's, but oh. it's, it's just been fun to see where they go and see how excited they are about Milwaukee. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Oh, I think it is. All right, let's talk about something not so cool. The domes. Yeah. You're talking about that demolition. I think that really bothers some people. I mean, it's interesting. I ask this question a lot of people. When have you seen the domes last? And I can say for me, it's been a couple of years. I think we've all kind of know they're there, but really not out there enough. There's a real question happening right now at the county. What do you do? Do you repair them? Do you replace them? Or do you knock them down? And either way, it's going to cost a lot of money. I mean, it's $6 million only just to knock them down. It's $91 million to do a full repair. In full restoration. Where does that money come from? With everything that's happening in this city, there's some hard things that are going to have to be made over the next couple of months. Will they survive? I don't know. I don't see a lot of momentum right now. Other than, I mean, the small group of people who love them, historic people, really want them to stay. But I've not heard from a lot of people saying, I really want those to stay. Yeah, it's kind of sad, though. It is. I mean, Think that about would that. Be a sad it day would be a sad day. If they all get I mean, they all down. come down, but maybe there's an alternative C. And that's what I'm hearing. Maybe there's one that can stay and they can redevelop around them, whether it's some sort of market, something in the park to make it more of a community event where you and I will go there more often. Hopefully they'll still leave something yes. of it out there Let's for people. So. Let's talk about this Oak Creek 
pet food maker, they've got a really unique strategy on retaining employees. It's cash, right? Cash yeah, is well, king. Fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand if you stay three years. And what I think is interesting here is there are a lot of people who have been switching jobs, who have been kind of looking for things. And for them, and I know this from my own experience, it costs a lot of money when you have to hire again, reinvest in people, right? Kind of retrain people. It costs you money to have an individual who will stay three, five, six years. That makes it so much easier for you. So here's a pet company has lost employees over the years and is going to try this. And it's open for like four or 500 employees have the opportunity here if they stay three years to earn this money each. I think it'd be interesting to see in three years how many of them stay and how many others will join the company as a result of this. What is king? It's cash is king. I'm thinking of going into the pet food business, but anyway. I think you should, right? Why not? I might. You know, a side job, right? Another one on the side job. Just one more, (laughs) because I have a little bit of free time. All right, finally, let's look at real estate, because you now know, I guess we all know, know, who the 900 apartments developer is going to be at the Mayfair Project. What are some of those details? Yeah, really interesting here. It is the group who's done the Couture, who's done the Modern, who's working on the same thing in Oak Creek in terms of apartments, and done the same thing in Southridge. So really somebody who knows knows this L. I think this is going to be a fun one to watch. You know, 900 apartments around this mall there. The mall will stay in place. The whole live, work, and play, and shop thing all at once. The response I've been hearing over the last few days is kind of interesting. Will be traffic concerns, that whole area. But I mean, it's already a mall. So it's already in a very heavily traveled area. And really what they're doing there, Libby, is trying to ensure the future of the mall. It's our strongest mall in the area. But as you and I have talked about how many times, malls nowadays are just not the same. And you have to be out front of this to make sure you can last. So the things they've added there are like a hotel has been added there. They've added more office space, added more retail, and they've added a movie theater, right? So it's really trying to ensure that you go there. Because how many people just head to a mall now to shop? I can't remember the last time I was at a mall. But I will go to eat. I'll go to try a movie theater. I'll go to do those kinds of things. So I think that's what they're trying to do here. Do you think there's going to be any sort of pushback from residents in Wauwatosa that it's going to be between 15 and 19 stories yeah. high? I mean, there always is in Wauwatosa, right? Wauwatosa is known for what's the best word to say. They like to engage. They like to have a lot of discussion. Is that a fair thing, Libby? I think that's, that's pretty a, fair. That's pretty fair. I was talking to some Wauwatosa <laughs> residents right. the other day, yeah. and they were already engaging yes. about that. Engaging in discussion. Yeah, I think there will be. But I think long term, I'd be surprised if this really doesn't happen because it's important for the future that mall. Think about the importance of that mall in Tosa in terms of what they pay in terms of their property taxes. Oh, I know. Yeah. And the people of Wauwatosa are engaged in their community. They will be. All right. Finally, you had that exclusive tour of the new luxury high rise being built in the third ward right along the Milwaukee River. Were you impressed? I was. I mean, that building, as you think about that, kind of as you enter the third ward from the west. So going in east and it's right there on your right hand side. It's going to be a huge building, 31 stories. Wow. Uh, Great view. We were up on the 18th floor, actually went into some of the apartments that are being worked on on the third and fourth floor. Great views of the river, great views west, north, and east really throughout there. So, I mean, really the question I asked them is the question you and I have talked about is where are these people coming from? Who's going to live in these units? And what they said to me are a couple things. One is that we don't have enough of these high-end apartments is what they're saying. I mean, as compared to Chicago other cities. They said as interest rates continue to rise, some of the people on the higher end are going to look to have their house on the market and sell because it's easy to sell right now because there are so few properties. And we'll look at rentals as a result. Others who don't want to own a home will just look at rentals. So they think there's a market for this. I'm still kind of saying I'm not 100% there. Just with the raw number of units being added on the high end here, I still think, as I've been saying, some of the older buildings are going to have to up their game. And we're starting to see things already. I haven't talked about this much yet, but we're starting to see some incentives on the high end, whether it's a free month's rent, whether it's access to this or access to that. You're going to see that. You have 300 units at both the Couture and at the Heinz Project online next summer. 
that's a lot of high-end units coming out at one time. So I think you're going to see a lot more competition there. Mm, that might be good news for renters it for is. a change. I'm thinking you're going to get the high-end penthouse that's going to overlook the river, don't you think? I, I wouldn't mind that. You wouldn't That'd mind be, that. You're I, gonna I, be I there. like living on water. Great, great views. Yeah. Fantastic oh, Fabulous. Views. Yeah. Well, Mark, as always, it's great to have you here. I'll come back anytime you want me. How about that? Anytime. There you you're go. welcome. Have a All great week. Thank you, Mark. 64 degrees at 829 on WTMJ. Welcome back to the second half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. Short show today because Packers game day, Green Bay game day gets underway at 9 o'clock this morning. And speaking of football, 12 goes down after four snaps. There was an escaped convict back in handcuffs and a major statement by Planned Parenthood, plus so much more. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Go, you Packers, go. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now... Jordan Love. Love, look at the throw, save for a shot, and I think our team's been slept on. We can't do anything about it until we go out there and prove it. I think we did that today. Field stands in, delivers, intercepted. Wayne Walker's got it. Looking for blocks. Walker still on his feet. Walker's still going. Looking for the answer. Oh, no. There's a man down. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. And now Rodgers sits down. Holy cow. I cannot believe this. Achilles! It's not good. As taps played and a rifle salute rang out on a rainy Monday morning at Milwaukee's War Memorial Center, Local leaders reflected on the meaning of 9-11 22 years later. Today, we stand in unity to remember the lives lost. We must commit and recommit ourselves to never forget. 9-11 didn't beat us. We beat those that inflicted pain us on 9-11. And ultimately, I believe we're stronger for it. The iPhone 15 lineup gets a new charging port, which means, yes, you'll have to buy a new cable if you're an existing iPhone customer. Milwaukee County supervisors expressing shock at the costs of each potential future for the Mitchell Park Domes. These numbers and the tens of millions of dollars are just, we don't have the money. These costs are just frightening. Every day we get closer to when that facility closes itself. We've pissed money away on stuff that we didn't need. This is a chance to build an iconic structure on the south side. Where's the money coming for? Right. A 60 to $90 million restoration option. Look what they're doing to our dome. You know what that is, sir? A crack. Exactly. First pitch to Donaldson. He is a high fly, deep left field. Back goes De La Cruz. Bye-bye baseball. Josh Donaldson, the bringer of rain, brings it here at American Family Field, and the Brewers have a two-to-one lead. All right, let's go back to it. See, they get tripped up. Oh, hot dog. And then, oh, right off your nose. Man. Ouch. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Escape killer Danilo Cavalcante now in custody. We're proud to announce the subject is in custody. Any relief there, Deb? Nope. Nope. Borrowing a term from our friend Gene Miller, gird your loins, friends. <laughs> <laughs> it is a nasty ride. Just keep your loins at home. What a week, eh? But I'm not done yet. We are following some breaking news. 
this morning. Planned Parenthood says abortions will resume in Wisconsin starting on Monday. A ruling by the Dane County Circuit Court in July made it clear that the 1849 law is not enforceable for voluntary abortions. If Planned Parenthood is so convinced that they are going to win at the state Supreme Court, it's just another reminder that some people flout the law whether or not it's on the books. 22 eyes, 11 knows the appointment of Megan Wolf is rejected. But until the legal process plays out, Wolf says she plans to remain in the role. Unless a final determination of a court says otherwise, I will continue to serve as the administrator of the WEC. Breaking news from overnight auto workers walking off the job at three. U.S. assembly plants at midnight kicking off one of the biggest labor strikes to hit this country in years. There's a billionaire class and there's the rest of us. Overnight, the assembly passed the GOP's redistricting plan. Black folks and Hispanic folks in the state of Wisconsin have been screwed by Democrats and Republicans equally. So we get to be friends with benefits with everybody. What a week. Curb your loins. Okay, guys, take care and goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen. And the Week in Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. 64 degrees at 840. What's the black and white ball? We'll find out right after this on WTMJ. Joining us is Dr. Eve Hall. She's the president, the CEO of the Urban League of Greater Milwaukee. And Dr. Hall, November 5th, I think, is November the big day. 5th, yes. The black and white ball. Tell us all about that. So the black and white ball was started years ago. What are we on our 38th? I should know the number by now. But anyway, over 30 years ago as a venue to bring, quite frankly, black and white individuals together because it was felt that there was not enough communication, collaboration between the two communities. And this would serve as this fun venue for people to just have fun, be casual, get to know each other. And also have moments of seriousness about the issues facing the city. But being able to do it in a way where people could see the importance of working together and that when you work together, we really can make a difference. If you're interested in going to this year's Black and White Ball, what do you need to do? So you simply can go to our website, www.tmul.org, And our website will instruct you on how to order your tickets. If you want to get a sponsorship as a business, you can go directly to our website. You can also call us at 414-374-5850 and ask for Florida Perry Smith. She is our event strategist and does the execution of our ball. And she can also give details. But it's very easy to register. And And, And you can just Google. You can Google Black and My Ball and it will take you there. What are you going to wear? A black dress again this year. (laughs) Last year I wore black and white. This year I'm wearing an all black dress. How fun is it to shop? It's fun. Because this is dress up. It it is. is, is, It it is. It's huge and it's, it's very special because you want your dress to be special. I do have someone who helps me, you know, so that's my special treat once a year with someone helping to make my dress. Well, again, it's a wonderful opportunity to get to know more about the Urban League, to get to meet a lot of people in the community and also 
also to dress up oh, to the nines. Ab- absolutely. And people have so much fun, Libby, because we have made our ball now an experience. So it's bigger than going drinking during the reception and then going in for the entertainment and the dinner. We have karaoke, Wheel of Fortune, the 360 machine, golf, you know, where you can kind of do one of those holes in one, auctions, different places where you can take pictures. So you actually have an experience before you even get into the ballroom. And that's what people love. So it's almost like going to the fair in your gown. That's what we've made it. Just just so I don't get any of that fried food on my my dress. Exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Dr. Eve Hall from the Urban League. So great to have you here. Thanks again. 64 degrees at 846. You're one minute away from Dominic and Catronio in sports on WTMJ. Something's in the water about September Grand Slams for the Brew Crew. Mark Canna added his name to a fun list. First offering to him. And a drive out to left. This is high. Deep. Gone. Mark Canna. Backflip engaged. A Grand Slam. And the Brewers lead it 9-5. Lane Grindle on the call as the Brewers win 9-5 over the Nationals. The last three go-ahead Grand Slams in the seventh inning or later by the Brewers, Ryan Braun, Daniel Vogelback, and now Mark Hanna. Here's Kenna after the game. It was just cool to, uh, you know, do something big and pick up the team and, and listen to the reaction from the crowd. It was, uh, those are those are the fun, fun moments you remember. The finale of the series is today at 110. Our coverage will begin at noon. I've got you with Brewers warm-up. The Badgers were back in action for college football Saturday, hosting Georgia Southern at Camp Randall. It was a slow start, but nonetheless, the Badgers win 35-14. to Braylon Allen, only 12 touches, but 94 yards on the ground and a pair of touchdowns. His head coach, Luke Fickle, giving him praise. The great thing about Braylon is he is an unselfish kid. I mean, he, he is. He is. I mean... He wants it more. We all know that. I mean, I want more wins, right? I mean, we all have a selfish nature to us, but the key is can we not let it override us with what's best for the team and recognize what's best for the team. Next up, the Badgers begin Big Ten play on Friday night against the Purdue Boilermakers. That game is in West Lafayette. Six o'clock kick on FS1. And finally, for the Packers, down in Atlanta taking on the Falcons. Kickoff is set for new. It's still unclear if Christian Watson or Aaron Jones will be playing. The final injury report listed both of them as questionable with hamstring injuries. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. We've got some rain in some of the areas, but it seems to be moving off. We will see a little bit of sun today, but it's only going to get up to 68 degrees. Currently, Sheboygan has 59. Wauwatosa is at 60. Delafield has 58. Our temperatures dropped a little bit here in Milwaukee at 60 degrees. And you are just a couple minutes away from Matt Miller. He saw death in Venice. Can't wait to hear about that. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Let's go to our Tri-County Contracting Hotline at 852 and check in with media critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com. It's Matt Miller. Matt, I have been calling it a death in Venice, but I guess it's really a haunting in Venice? Yes, it is based on the Agatha Christie novel. I believe Halloween Party is actually the name of the original one, which, I don't know, maybe that would have been a good name for a movie come Halloween time. I kind of like that. At least I would have remembered that one. (laughs) 
Yeah, this is the latest in Kenneth Branagh's Hercule Poirot uh, detective murder mystery, Agatha Christie murder mystery adaptations. He did Murder on the Orient Express, I think five years ago now, and he did Death on the Nile. That's what I was thinking of is Death on the Nile. Yeah, they all have similar (laughs) names, you know, a, a, a spooky death-sounding thing in a place. Yeah, what, what's um, an Agatha Christie movie unless somebody's dead? Exactly. There exactly. You and yeah, it's it's. I actually really enjoyed this movie. The last bunch, uh, the first two, I wouldn't call great movies, but they're fun in kind of a, a kind of hokey, hammy way. They just don't really make movies like this anymore for the big screen. They don't really make these kind of star-studded kind of actors taking big swings mysteries like this for adults and i find it weird that a lot of people on the internet when you know it was announced that there was going to be another one of these movies that people kind of eye rolled and were like oh another one of these as if we are burdened with an excess of too many movies for adults in theaters right now um what no super what no superheroes nobody's wearing a cape Right? Not a single pair of tights in the entire movie. But yeah. <laughs> was anybody wearing pink and were they blonde? Uh, no. Okay. Not a single, not a single uh, Mattel character. Uh, this no, really no is for IT grown-ups. Brand. This really is for grown-ups. No turtles or anything. Yeah. And I think it's really good. I think it's the best of the three Hercule Poirot movies that have come out. I, I think this, the mystery is fun and compelling. Right. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is not my favorite director uh, for reasons that actually they'll work really well in a kind of spooky movie like this. He tends to do weird shots in his movies. He did Belfast a few years ago and got nominated for some Oscars for it. And that movie has a lot of weird shots in it where like a lot of tilted angles and a lot of like angles from below people. And it just doesn't fit in a, you know, normal kind of realistic drama like that. He did that in Thor, too, where it was just like, what is this shot doing in this movie? Can, can, I, can horror, I ask you, yeah, yeah. So would you, would you put this as a, you said it was spooky. So is it more of a horror film? Is it a mystery film? Is it a scary movie? It's definitely more of a mystery than a horror movie. And they've okay. been selling it as a horror movie, but I think that's mainly because horror movies are doing really well right now. Mm-hmm. And I think they want to kind of trick, you know, teenagers yeah. into being like, ah, yeah, this movie's going to be full of jumps and blood and stuff. And it's more spooky. It's more kind of atmospheric. Uh, it's more haunted. It, kind of the than, way they used to make movies. More yeah, Alfred Hitchcock-like. It's, it's, yeah, there's like one or two kind of cheap jolts. There's one or two kind of creepy moments because the whole movie is Hercule Poirot uh, trying to solve this murder, and he's kind of seeing ghosts this entire time because this house that this has taken place in has this tortured past. Um, but I wouldn't say, if you're not a scary movie person, I think you could probably endure this movie. I don't think there's much in terms of being like spooked or scared. Honestly, the scariest part might be the trailers. Uh, because I took I took my wife to see this movie and she's not a big horror movie fan at all. She's very easily scared. And honestly, each trailer was like for a loud, scary horror movie with like a big, scary monster in it. And I was just like, I swear this movie's not going to be like that. And it's not. There's a few creepy parts. I mean, it is a murder mystery. People but Tina Fey is in it, right? Yeah. And is I she, think is, she actually... a, is that a big part or is it just sort of a cameo? 
No, it's a big part. She's one of the suspects. Uh, she's one of the people in the whole movie. Uh, it, it's a, it's a. I think she's kind of perfect in the movie, actually, because you do want to have... These movies are still fun. A murder mystery uh, is supposed to still have a little bit of, you know, fun to it, uh, you know, in, in a kind of Hollywood way. And she brings a little bit of snap to the movie, a little bit of, of, of pop to a movie that otherwise could be kind of dour and kind of, you know sad and and haunted uh but i think she works really well i think the movie works really well i had a really great time with it i oh. hope people check it out I, yeah, we, we it, will it, i it's it's really great to know this time of the year we get to see some grown-up movies matt and i hate to cut you off but we've got to make way for a little bit of football coverage so thanks for <laughs> so much for being here with us Oh, is there a football game today? Uh, there might be a baseball <laughs> game, too. I'll tell you about that as well. Oh, hey Matt Miller from OnMilwaukee.com. Always great to hear from you. And up next, it's Green Bay Game Day and Brewers Warm-Up starts at noon right here on WTMJ.